Are you struggling to regain sustainability in your life and create a positive life stance? If so, listen in as courageous women share their empowering struggle of how they came through the trenches to restart and recreate a victorious life worth living. They took their power back, learn the secrets of how they did it, and you can too. Welcome to the Real Heart Talk podcast and 360 Network for Women. And here's your host, Pamela Duran. Welcome, Real Heart Talk listeners. You are enough. We have a wonderful guest with us tonight, and I am excited to introduce Linda Plunkett, as she is from North Carolina. She has a wonderful story of surviving brain surgery and fibromyalgia, and she has two books. She's an author, um, Living a Positive Life in a Negative World and the supernatural rescue. And I can't wait to hear about that. So tell us a little more about yourself, Linda. Welcome to the show. Okay. Um, I'm just a reg- I consider myself just a regular person. I'm married. I'm the mom of two grown boys. And uh, for 20 years, I had a counseling practice where I helped people and um, really, you know, enjoyed what I was doing. And then um, you know, life can change very suddenly. Um, you know, I was very healthy. I competed in ballroom dancing, um, you know, played golf, um, just enjoyed a good social life. And I mean, good spiritual life with God, um, had good friends. And then all of a sudden things changed very suddenly. And um, you can imagine to my amazement when a doctor called me on the phone and said, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you have a brain tumor and it's the size of a tennis ball in your frontal lobe. And I was in shock because I really had no, no pain, no symptoms. People around me suggested my behavior was a little different than normal, but my husband, you know, he didn't notice any difference. I think sometimes husbands are the last ones to notice, (laughs) but um, (laughs) you know, it was devastating because of my behavioral problems. They said it was a form of a seizure and what that meant, although not cancerous, a seizure can kill you very quickly. And so you have to address it. You just can't pretend it's not there. And I always laugh, you know, when I tell this part of the story, because I have a PhD in psychology and I really just wanted to be in denial, like this really isn't happening. (laughs) But, you know, being a, being a psychologist, you know, I had to deal with it was reality and I had to do something about it, which at that point in time, it was to find a brain doctor to open my head up, to cut my head open from ear to ear and remove the tumor. So that was the first really major, major crises. And, um, The first book, Supernatural Rescue, stems around the brain surgery, um, the aftermath, the supernatural rescue, and the recovery, which really, if you believe in miracles, was a miracle. A lot of people read the book and they say, you shouldn't be here. And I agree, but um, it was devastating. Um, The after effects, the feeling God had left me. It was great that he rescued me, pulled me back into my body. But then uh, a couple months later, Mayo Clinic said, there's nothing we can do for you. And um, I couldn't work. I could hardly walk. I couldn't focus or solve problems. It was extremely difficult. And 
I just didn't even know where to begin. I had no skills. And so um, it was a choice at that point. You know, what are you going to do when, when a major medical institution says there's nothing we can do to help you? You can either give up. Or in my case, I said, there's gotta be a reason I'm alive and I've gotta find solutions. And so most of the remainder of that year was trying to find solutions just to recover and to survive that. Wow. So I wanna back up just a minute. What made you go to the doctor? I mean, what were you feeling weird that they even found the tumor? I mean, what happened that you went to the doctor? Well, I went out to lunch one day with a friend and my son and my friend I'd known for many, many years. And of course my son, you know, we're very intimate and we were having lunch and all they really said is, mom, you're not acting the same. <laughs> you're just, you're behaving oh. differently. And this doesn't make sense. Some of the things you're saying and mm -hmm. they didn't really give me a lot of specifics, but when I called my doctor, she said, you know, it's probably nothing, but you really should probably have an MRI just in case. And so then that's when they spotted the gigantic tumor. But no, my husband had noticed anything. I really didn't have headaches or, you know, you'd think if you have a gigantic tumor in your frontal lobe, you would not feel, feel it. Something. Yeah. yeah, and I, I really did not. I really did not. And so it was a total shock and literally turned my life upside down. Wow. I can't imagine. I know that you said, uh, so you had the surgery and that was 10 years ago yes that was the end of 2012 so um i guess going on about 11 years now and um 2013 um that was a very 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 difficult year for me uh you know there again i couldn't even walk i couldn't reason i couldn't focus even you know after god had rescued me and i felt i was back connected to my body again um, it was like, I, I cried. I had pain then I had tremendous pain and cried because I didn't know what to do. And no one seemed to be able to help me. And so that was extremely wow. devastating, depressing. Did you and... have an... I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Go on ahead. I was just going to say, did you have an outer body experience? I mean, in I haven't way, read yes. yes. In a way I did because when I woke up from the surgery, I can't explain it. I've had faith my whole lifetime, but for whatever reason, I just felt like God wasn't there anymore. I think because I was so empty and felt so lost and I just felt like he had just totally abandoned me. And um, within 10 days after the surgery, it was really ironic because it was Christmas Eve of all times that this, this would happen. But I felt... And I was sleeping on the couch in the living room because I could not even walk up the stairs to my bedroom. So I was sleeping on the living room couch. And I felt, and this is hard to explain if it's never happened to you, but my spirit was drifting in and out of my body and it was trying to separate and was getting closer and closer to the front door of my home. And literally I was at the front door and ready to go out the front door. And this gigantic hand came out, which I believe was the hand of God, and pulled me back into my body. Immediately, I knew God was there. But I, you know, I obviously, you know, was just mystified and in awe of it. And, um, you know, some people have said, well, you know, maybe, it, you, you know, your brain was messed up. It didn't happen. But I, I, I have a witness, which it was shocking to me. My husband upstairs in the bedroom saw a hand. 
in thin air. Oh wow! And so he really validated my story of that. That's what happened. And so um, then I knew, you know, it was like, God, you're back. So now what? <laughs> yeah. Now what? Thank you for being back, you know, putting me back in my body. I guess that's the where I'm supposed to be. Although at that point, I really didn't want to be there. Um, but, you know, I had to feel like there was something coming, like a plan of some sorts and things hopefully would change. Well, you do have a spirit and it's in a body and we have a soul and our soul is our mind, our heart, our emotions, our will, our and emotions. So, exactly. you know, that is the thing. I, I remember um, listening to Dr. Jerry Savelle and I love listening to him when he had his stroke and Kenneth Copeland came to pray over him and they were telling him that he prayed in the spirits so that even though he couldn't speak, he couldn't hear, couldn't respond. He was speaking in the spirits language. Mm -hmm. right. he was there. And he, uh, he, I loved his question that he asked God. He said, God, how could that be when, you know, they said that he was brain dead because of the stroke. He, he said, well, your spirit is not connected to your brain. That's very yeah. true. That's very true. I, I, thought, I, had, wow. I had a second supernatural experience later in that year that had never happened to me before. But no, oh, I would uh, definitely say that. And um, sometimes when you're at your lowest point, for me, when I cried out to God, I mean, things got much worse later that year. I really didn't get well. I developed fibromyalgia. I had pain all over my body. I couldn't sleep. And I still couldn't go back to work. I uh, wanted to help people again as a counselor. I couldn't do anything. But my father was up in Ohio and uh, he needed help. And I thought, at least I can go up and help dad, you know, with the basics. Mm -hmm. And so I was up um, with my dad in Ohio and I had this experience in that I was trying to do something with him, like with an electrical plug or electrical situation. I got horrible shock. And I remember going out in the garage and just crying out to God, God, you know, why am I going through this? And why didn't you let me die when I had that brain surgery or when, or when my body was trying to separate from my spirit? Why didn't you let me die? You know, I didn't want my dad to hear me. But so I went out, shut the door, and just, but I just cried out to God. And, you know, as a counselor before, I might have said, oh, you shouldn't get angry at God. But now I would changed my opinion of that because when I got really angry and I, I literally yelled at God, God, why? And why is this, why am I going through this? That night I was upstairs in my mom, sleeping in my mom's bedroom and she passed away a few years before that. And suddenly, you know, I'm laying there and I see a blue light come through the ceiling. And at first I'm thinking I'm asleep, I'm asleep. But I, then I realized I'm not asleep. I'm awake. But a blue light streamed through the top, going all the way through my the roof of the house and into the sky. And on the other side, there was a figure there. And to this day, I want to believe it was an angel, but I don't know. It could have been Jesus. It could have been my mother. But it was blurry. But, you know, the amazing thing about that, the figure did not say anything. However, I knew when I saw the figure, the figure was there to give me hope. Oh. And I was going to make it. I knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And like you say, the spiritual side is completely different. There was no reason that I should have thought that. But I just immediately knew that that message was for me and that I was going to somehow make it. 
Yes, yes. The message of hope. We always have hope. You know, God is there. And I can tell you're a woman of faith. You have great faith. And he has brought you through. I, I've got to get your book and read it, The Supernatural Rescue, because people that have not experienced, and I, and I have experienced something a little similar, uh, but people that have not experienced it, they need to just grasp hold of your faith. If they don't have hope today, and know that there is a God and they have hope. There is help for them and they do have to seek it. And especially if you're at your lowest point, I can definitely relate to that and not feeling God, but you know, you know, you just keep on praying, right? Because we know those prayers, the Bible is faithful, those promises are faithful and we can stand on that. Well, and the other thing I really believe, you know, I, I, I've gone through so much more in the last 10 years and when I tell people it's more difficult than the, what happened in the first book, people that know me know what I've been through, but um, I would say it was about the eighth month after um, my brain surgery, I developed fibromyalgia and I started having pain all over my body and I couldn't sleep. And I literally have been fighting that now for 10 years, but God has given me ways, traditional medicine has not helped, but different ways, knowledge, about how to eat, how to take care of my health, how to deal with my own negative emotions and my own um, disconnects with God. And, you know, people said to me, Linda, you're doing so well up until uh, just recently, I've actually been competing in ballroom dancing and did that for five Uh years. But people Uh say, Linda, we know you have fibromyalgia. How are you doing so well? So last year I must've cried for six months, but I put it all in writing. (laughs) Because I had to relive all that pain, which has been so difficult. Plus, my 18-year-old kitty died. <laughs> so I was grieving that. Oh. But um, God just said, write a chapter on grieving. So I added another chapter. But this book is about body, soul, and spirit. How to come back from pain and suffering when doctors are maybe not giving you any answers, when you're not finding solutions. God had to help me really and and strengthen me to find my own way. And I found a lot of things, alternative medicine, and even, I mean, he's still revealing things that were not in the book that I wrote last spring, but things that really have helped me tremendously uh, reduce my pain, but to live with fibromyalgia, fibromyalgia is one of those things, there's no cure. And so you deal with it and you live with it and you find ways to handle it. And for me, that was changing how I eat, change, realizing foods cause inflammation, learning about my diet and how do I exercise? How do I handle my daily routine? And there again, how do I handle my own emotions, dealing with stress and negativity and trying to persevere through this? And perseverance is a big topic. And you know what I tell people, we don't know a lot of times when we're going through things. And you know what? God waited a long time to answer some of those prayers. And I even said, why God and why? And what have I done? And I turned around and tried to blame myself. My husband said, you didn't do anything wrong. But, you know, we go through many things. The time we're going through, we have no understanding. But, you know, what I tell people now is just persevere. Use tools to persevere. I have a big chapter on perseverance um, in this book because we don't always know why, but you know, one day you will. 
And now I know the reason I've been through this is so I can help other people and that my pain is someone else's gain. But when I was going through that, it made no sense. It made no sense why I didn't seem to be getting better, why God was not answering my prayers at the time I thought he should. And, you know, God has a different timetable and God is has different goals. And I mean, his thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. And so we can't begin to understand. But I realize now through public speaking and book signings now, since the new book has come out, there's so many people that my story resonates with because they too have been through either emotional, physical, spiritual pain or all of the above. And sometimes there's not answers. And it's difficult. It's very difficult to get through that. And we need each other. We really do need each other. Yes, we do, because it builds that momentum. It builds that hope and encouragement. We're not suffering alone. We're not going through this alone. Somebody has went through this and made it. You know, what did they do? What can I use from what they did to help me? And I wanted to say one thing about your fibromyalgia. Can you tell us what that is exactly for our listeners? What what is that? It's very interesting because this year when I researched the topic again, I researched it when I wrote the first book in 2016 because I had just been really diagnosed with it at the end of that book. But this year I researched it again. You know, doctors cannot agree on a definition or a treatment. And this is part of the problem why you need to think about alternative medicine and other ways to treat yourself. They cannot agree But one commonality um, that seems to be a lot of us, we talk to each other about our own symptoms and what we've been through is if you have any type of trauma to your brain or your nervous system, for me, it was an almost eight hour brain surgery. And, Mm -hmm. but the trauma, it doesn't unveil itself immediately, but it could be years later. It could be a physical accident or a disease that's caused a trauma either to the brain or your nervous system. But, um, and there again, often involves pain that doctors don't seem to be able to treat. Many times medications are very temporary and there's bad side effects. And I am, I experienced that, but um, they mean well, but many doctors don't have the training to train it to, I mean, sorry, to treat it. Um, mm-hmm. And we really have to look to alternative medicine and really just, for me, it was, I had to do a tremendous amount of research because I wanted to feel better. I believe that God still had a good plan, but I was not functioning well. And you know, the scary part of when you have a lot of pain is, and it's not treated well, is you don't sleep at night. At least in my case, I could not sleep. And then it's this horrible cycle of pain and more lack of sleep. And it changes who you are. I did a book signing recently and the lady, uh, one of the ladies that came to the signing said there had been two suicides on her street in the last six months. But when you get to that point, I'll tell you what happened to me. And I never thought in a million years because I worked to have good self-esteem that I would ever feel this way, but it changed me and I became a very ugly person and I started to hate myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized I was not nice to be around when you don't sleep and you have pain all the time, it changes you, but you start to have self-hatred. And then when the doctors haven't helped and you don't know what to do about it, I really believe that's when it becomes dangerous for some people to want to take their own life. And I'm so glad that, you know, I did have God and I did have the hope that somehow I didn't know how, but I was alive for a reason and I was going to get through it. 
but not everyone has that hope. And so, right. you know, when I talk to people, I tell them, you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. But having that spiritual relationship with God gives you a whole nother dimension. And I can't tell you there were times, I don't know how I got through the day, but I know it was with God because I know that I couldn't do it on my own. I was like an empty right. vessel. I was empty. And the only way I got through that day was knowing that I had God to get me through it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know there's a lot of uh, people listening that they may be in that same place right now, you know, thinking helpless or hopeless, but we can share our story with them. And you're sharing your story with them of hope and how you've came back, how you took your power back and doing the research for fibromyalgia. What are some things that you can share if somebody has that today that that helped you from a natural, maybe non-medication standpoint? Well, when I started to research diet, I realized, and this was totally unknown to me, and I feel like I was fairly conscious of, you know, of health and doing um, what I felt were the right things for my body, but many foods cause inflammation to your body. And I know some people are not going to want to hear this. I've told people and they say, oh, mm -hmm. I could never change that. But if you can reduce your sugar intake and sugar causes inflammation, and it's not just sugar, like adding sugar to your food, but many foods have hidden sugar. Um, things like alcohol and breads turn into sugar. Pasta can turn into sugar. Um, but really look at your diet and you can start by not adding sugar. I use like a, a sweetener that's a natural sweetener that's from a vegetable. We have to be careful because artificial additives and artificial ingredients can also cause physical problems in your body. So you really have to look at everything you're doing. And people, you know, a lot of people say, oh, go gluten-free or do this diet or that diet. But for me, it was understanding. I know, okay, I stay away from desserts. I might have a little bit of dark chocolate once in a while that's low in sugar or, okay, I went on a cruise, I confess. <laughs> I had a few desserts, but I will <laughs> suffer if I have an abundance, say I have sugar three days in a row that I'm not used to, or I eat foods I know myself that I don't feel well. Later, I'm gonna suffer and there's gonna be a consequence. So. For a lot of people, you know, that doesn't mean reducing everything from your, your, your body, but if you a lot of times reduce even some of it, you will feel better. You will feel better. You will think clearly. You will also have less chance of diabetes um, or other problems that are caused by sugar in your body. And I'm not saying, well, the sugar is just the root of all evil. It's not, but I think it's about moderation and examining your own um, your own, um, you know, your own physical situation. The bad thing for me after the brain surgery, they put me on a lot of steroids. And I tell a joke when I speak mm -hmm. for groups, this is very true. I ate nine donuts in one night. And oh my, my husband went out and bought a box of donuts. And the next morning, there were only three left. And I said, how many did you eat? And he said, I didn't have any. One night I ate nine, but I was on steroids. <gasps> And my heart goes out to anyone oh. who has to take steroids because you crave sugar and you crave salt. So if you're on that type oh. of a medication, you may have to talk to your doctor about it first, but I gained almost 50 pounds. And that was another reason I was very depressed in the aftermath of the surgery. 
I never had weighed 50 pounds more, you know, in my life. I've never been 50 pounds overweight. And um, I had to lose that weight and I had to find ways to get better. And I do have a section of the book, how you can examine your physical self as to what kind of exercise you should be doing, but that anything you can do, even if it's walking, if you're paralyzed and you can't walk, if you can do upper body, whatever you can do will help your body immensely. And when I did research, there's a chapter on the brain because my brain was messed up for so long. And I discovered that what I was already doing, which was ballroom dancing, is one of the most helpful things to your brain. And in some cases has been shown to reverse Alzheimer's because wow. you're using your body and you're using your mind together. And if you're partner dancing, you have to learn to adjust to a partner. And you know what I tell people? You don't have to spend a lot of money. The costs have gone up. I've quit the major part of my competitive dancing because the costs have just gone up too high. But you can take classes. You can go to group classes and pay maybe 15 or $20 or even maybe 10 or five, depending where you live. And you can learn from the beginning and anything you learn will help you. It will help you mentally. And if you're able to do a little bit physically, it will help you as well. But do what you feel you can do. And um, it's when we just give up and we stop, our bodies give up too. And that's scary. If you quit something altogether that you're able to do. And I mean, I just turned 70 this year. And so uh, it, I noticed the changes. I, you and look I'm my, I have good genes and my father lived to be 100, my mother 87. So maybe I'll live a little while longer. <laughs> but um, a lot of people I've noticed, and I'm, I'm, this is not being judgmental, but it's very easy to give up and quit the things you used to do that maybe you could still do. You're tired or you have a little bit of pain, but I know sometimes you've got to fight through a little bit of that just to be healthier and to give your body what it needs. And sometimes their body just needs a little bit more, even if it means fighting through a little bit of pain to do it. No, I love that. And the book that you're talking about is Living a Positive Life in a Negative World. Yes. And that book just came out and it is available. Gosh, I was shocked though. I went on Amazon and I realized it's, it's being back ordered now. So apparently it's selling very well. But it is available at Barnes and Noble. Some stores have it in stock. And I did a book signing a couple days ago in Greenville, South Carolina, which was very exciting. But yeah. um, that book, they can get the book in if they don't have it in the store. Uh, the first book, um, I have copies myself, but um, I was going to tell you, I know you said you were interested in reading the first book. Um, I can get you yes. a copy, a personal copy and send that to you. I do um, inspirational speaking for groups and I'm happy to bring that book with me as well. But unfortunately it's down to the last couple hundred copies. And so unless you read it um, online or get a used copy, you'd have to get that book from me. I'm hoping in time to republish it, but right now I'm promoting the second book and I haven't had a chance to do that. That is wonderful. I love that. No, I would definitely love a signed copy. <laughs> I would be happy to give you that. And if you give me the information, I'd be happy to put that in the mail to you. And yeah, it's a story about a miracle, truly a miracle. And, um, you know, it, I'm amazed even people that aren't necessarily say of the Christian faith, the people I talk to, they believe in, in miracles. And that's great news because that shows there is a power, which many of us believe is God. Um, who's out there that is beyond ourselves and when we're at the end of ourselves he's there 
and that can give everybody hope. And, you know, I've had people that I've known that have not been given a chance to have a long life that they made a few changes and now they're still alive. And so um, I really think there's a lot of hope too. If your doctor tells you, like in my case, we can't help you, there's nothing we can do. I would just say to people, please don't give up. Look into alternative medicine, go onto um, uh, online. online. Now I will tell you not everything online is true. Be very careful and try to do a little research, but. Um, for example, I've had acupuncture that's not in the book, but I have gotten some very good tips from acupuncturists to help friends that are going through cancer and their cancer's really turned around. And that's very exciting. And, and in their case, it's when other methods of treatment did not help them. So I think we have to open up our minds to, yeah, mainline medicine is good, but there are other types of medicine and knowledge that you can obtain that whatever don't give up just don't give up just keep fighting and you know it is sometimes not easy i will say that it's not easy but the rewards of doing that many times may mean the difference between you having a good life and not having a good life no i agree you just have to keep pushing forward keep keep moving and realize even a little bitty baby step progress is yes. progress in that yes. direction. And, and yes. you were talking about, and we're supposed to do miracles greater than what Jesus did. And he did great right. miracles. So I don't think yes. the world has honestly seen the great miracles that are lying ahead of us. I, I believe that there are more great things and great miracles that are coming. Now I wanted to, did you have a comment? And then I want to ask you another question. No, you go right in ahead. You go right in ahead. Okay. So I was thinking about your profession and that you were a PhD in psychology and you were yes. helping people all the time. So, I mean, do you think that had anything to do with your tumor or did you have an outlet during all that time? I mean, I know that had to be a lot of pressure being in well, those. Yeah. Not really, because for me, it was like a gift. I did spiritual counseling as well as, you know, mental health, but honestly it wasn't, but I'll tell you, and I, I have no proof that my tuber started there, but I did do a mission trip to North China and I realized it was very, very strong. Um, I guess you'd say spiritual resistance or a battle between the good and evil and, um, you know, it's very interesting because when I had the brain tumor and the surgery, all my memory was gone all the way back to the time I went to China, which I thought was very mysterious. And I wow. wonder if something happened in China and we were doing a lot of ministry. And, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, I may never know that, but I just found it very interesting that memory, that was like three years of memory was just gone, but it was all the way back to that mission trip. So I'm wondering wow. if something could have happened. Maybe I'll know, maybe I'll never know. Um, but I do, you know what? I've noticed more and more um, the spiritual battle we have in the world. I really believe there's a battle and I hope it's okay for me to say that on your show between good and yeah. evil. Yes. But I, I speak for groups and there have been groups that I was preparing to speak for literally a week ahead of time. Every single day, something would come up against me. And it would be something mm -hmm. different every day. It could be a car problem. It could be an internet problem. It could be a health problem. And I remember one week, the last day, 
it was like every single day the light bulb went on and I just said, I know who, what this is about. And my God is bigger than this. And I went on to speak and it was one of the biggest, the biggest talks I've yeah. ever given. And I feel it affected maybe more people. And it was very exciting, but something, and I know maybe not all of your listeners totally believe in this, but I really believe we have a battle and we have to be aware of it and not let that beat us down, but to realize it's not just everyday things that sometimes God has one plan and the enemy doesn't want that plan to happen. Yeah, right. I mean, Ephesians 6 says we we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of this world and rulers of darkness. I mean, we have to arm ourselves with our spiritual armor every day when we are getting ready to go out to know, to protect our heart, to protect our mind, to protect our feet, you know, to have our shield of faith and have our belt of truth to protect us from all the fiery things that could come against us because it is definitely a spiritual battle. And I know exactly what you're saying. And I think when we walk, God is walking with us. I had uh, back in June, I actually found out, found a place where I had journaled it, but God woke me up. I mean, I was sleeping and I just, because I've been praying, I wanted to hear something from him. And so I, it was like a vision or a dream or a voice. And I heard him say, walk with me. So I got up, you know, and I was walking around the house and my husband's like, did you walk outside? I said, no, I was walking in the house. <laughs> so, but, and then I started searching scriptures out. What does that really mean? What does God want me to do? How does he want me to walk with him? What is that walk like? And so I feel like everybody has a field of favor. You have a specific field of favor. You listening have a specific field of favor that you can help people in and through. You don't even know it. And I tell you what I do, uh, Linda, is start with my family because they're the closest to me. You know, who in my family needs help, needs the Lord, needs something, whatever their need That's is, great. and then branch out. The That's church, great. the community, you know, my coworkers. I mean, it just really branches out. And I am a songwriter and I started writing this song, uh, Something's Moving in the Water. So I'm going to start working on that this month. Oh, that's wonderful. And it is about the ripples, the ripple effects that we make, you know, for Jesus. We are those ripple effects. We just make one little splash, so one little seed. It is going to ripple out across multiple, multiple people yes. and multiple generations. Yes. Not just people but the generations and i think too the power of prayer we have to realize how important the power of prayer is my son is deployed right now in djibouti and it's so hard for me because he's kind of having a hard time and you know i'm i'm here long distance and i'm praying and i'm trying to encourage him and i i mailed him a big box of coffee curing coffee today uh but you know being so far away i can pray i i, I need to pray and enlist other people to pray for him and I know he's scheduled to go to a chaplain tomorrow and pray for wisdom for that chaplain. Because sometimes, you know, when we're a long way from our family or friends, there's only so much we can do. But we know, you know, I really am a believer that um, as we lift up and we encourage each other, it's just so, 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 so valuable because nobody knows what anybody else is going through. And you know, when I used to do ballroom dancing and I would compete in ballroom dancing and, you know, for a while I was doing well, people thought of me as a different kind of person, but deep down inside, they had no idea what I had been through. And um, mm -hmm. on my website, um, I mean, I was honored to receive a gift at one point or an award 
for encouraging and inspiring other people. So I have that dance on my website, but um, most people don't have a clue what I've been through or what I fight through today and how it's not easy. So we look at the outside and we think, oh, you know, they look so great. They look attractive and they have it made and, and they don't have any idea what many of us are, are dealing with on the inside. So we tend to misjudge each other. And I think with women, especially, we can be jealous of each other. Oh, yeah, she looks younger than I do. And they don't have any idea what we've had to fight through. Um, but we all have different types of trials. And I think it's important as women, we encourage and we lift each other up. And I'm so glad you do this with your show. Because, um, you know, I listen to Christian radio. There seem to be a lot of shows where the men are speaking, but not a lot of shows really where the women are talking about women's, maybe women's issues. I think the issues you discuss have to do with everybody, but as women, we've got to stay together and be there to support each other. Because, and I mean, it's not true in every church, but I have just always, not always noticed that the women's ministries really um, bring women together in a way that we, we, we need to be where we really pray for each other. Yes, and thank you so much for saying that, because that is truly my heart's desire, is to lift others up, lift other women up, to know that they're not alone, and that there is a hope and a future, that they have a bigger vision for their life. Where you're at right now is not where you're going to be in three months or three years. You're going right. to be in a further, better place, and I really appreciate you saying that, and I really, I've just felt the spirit the whole time we've been talking, so <laughs> I'm, I'm so, so glad. Yeah, so I have too. And, you know, it's just amazing how God, like you say, being there for everybody on a day to day basis. I recently called an airline to change a flight and I talked to that lady for over an hour, but it was another Christian and she needed to talk. So we never know when we can minister just by being there and listening and maybe praying with another person how much we can help them. I know it. That was a God incident, not a coincidence, but a God yes. incident. <laughs> I yes. love that. have those myself when I talk to airline people I mean or other people you know it's like I had uh, a call tonight at five and it was about a totally different subject but we went on a totally different direction I'm like wow that's amazing <laughs> you know so you're right people want to be heard they want to be seen they want to be validated they want to feel like they matter and they do you do matter if you're listening you matter Yes. Don't feel like you're less than you're not people. When people are dealing with their own self-esteem and their own struggles, they tend to project that out on others and it's displaced anger, displaced self-esteem. And don't take that. Just be like a duck and just let it roll off because that is their problem, their issues. Not That's yours. very true. That's very true. And I work, I have worked a lot with women in, in the 20 years I counsel people because I personally had low self-esteem growing up and Many times it's passed from generation to generation, not intentionally, but then you have to figure out how to overcome it. And I think I was in my thirties before I really overcame it. But many women, um, we need to realize what really um, for me made the hugest difference was, you know, people can say you're one thing, but God says you're something else. And people, we all sin and fall short of God's glory. And people who maybe who've been abused or who've had low self-esteem do tend to pass that down to their children. But we need to listen to who God says we are. And that's the truth. That's the truth. You know, we can get lies or we can get um, um, 
on truths in our mind, and but God's truth is something else. And we are valuable. He loves us so much. He, it says all our days are written in his book. And you know, the, his thoughts towards us are greater than the sand on the seashore. And when we look at those scriptures that tell us what God says about us and we focus on those, it can bring healing to our own picture of our own self-worth. Yes, it can. And we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We were yes. made to create. We're made in his image. So we need to yes. that. So um, this has been so wonderful. I mean, you definitely are a beautiful vision of sunlight. So um, Thank I you. love the dance because I always want to do that. I'm going to go find a class. Did your husband go with you? Tell me, how did you get him to go? <laughs> to, uh, to a dance class? Yeah. Well, we actually, we started dancing about 15 years ago, but then I really loved it. And so then, you know, he kind of let it go. And um, he has a little bit of physical disability with his knees right now. So, you know, he can't, we do a little bit together, but uh, unfortunately he's just not able to at this point in time. I do it, you know, I do everything from praise and worship dancing to a little bit of ballroom yeah. to a little bit of country and you know, I, I, I've cut back somewhat, but, you know, I just love to worship God just in my own home, just to certain yes. songs, you know, that I want to dance to. So I will always find a way, but uh, I will always try to do a little bit of it because I really enjoy it. That's so amazing. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story, your testimony, your mess turned into a message. <laughs> test turned into a testimony and it is definitely reaching out your tentacles your ripples are reaching out and helping others to realize there is hope there is a way to make a way and the way maker you trust in the yes. way maker so yes. they can same and it's just your faith Thank and you. belief you on believing and having that faith and knowing from right. what's coming and I think not giving up. And I think one other thing I was going to say, it's, it's not easy when you, you, it takes a while to get answers, but like I tell people, you're going through it. It doesn't make sense, but if you're just patient and you just persevere through it. And um, the chapter I wrote on perseverance talks about people and, and the same thing with God. If you have issues with God, it's okay, but you just keep going and you realize that one day you're going to hear the answer. You're going to understand why maybe not at that moment in time, but God is faithful and he knows, and there's always a purpose. You may not see that purpose at that time. Um, you may not understand it, but you just keep on going and you keep trusting and believing that it will come and it will come. I, I really believe a hundred percent, you know, and for me, was it easy? No, but sometimes God calls us to hard things, but it might not be about us. It might be about helping somebody else. And so we need to right. stay open about that because I think we, we're always thinking, oh, it's about me. It's about me when it's not. And God may have a totally different plan, much bigger than what you could ever dream. Yep, I agree. Well, going through this, is there one scripture that you held on to more than any? I mean, I know there's several, but is there one scripture that sticks out that you want to share? Oh, I, I, it's hard to have one, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> no. I, I could I could give you two. I could give you two. I always I, hang on I, to Jeremiah 29, 11. I, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And then the second part of that, a couple of verses later says, 
that you will find him when you seek him with all of your heart. Many times we're just not seeking him with all of our heart. But my second scripture, I have to, I have to share. It's really been the whole comeback of my life. Second Corinthians 12, 9. His power is perfected in my weakness. So when I'm weak, mm -hmm. then I can be strong. Because there's been so many days that I just didn't have it. It had to be God because I knew that I didn't have it. But he got me through day after day after day. And he was faithful in spite of my weakness. I love that. And that is so true. He is our strength. We can lean on him and he will strengthen us. And I'm just so thankful for that, for that hope. Like you said, we do have a hope in the future and we just have to stand on the word. I mean, we speak Amen. the word. God spoke the word and it happened. When we speak right. the word, things are going to happen. There's a song right. champ. You shout, you, those walls come down. And when you open your mouth, miracles break out. So we just have to remember there is power in our words and power in our praise and power in our faith. Amen. Amen. So tell us where can our listeners find you? Okay. Well, um, I have a website and you can go to Linda. L-I-N-D-A, middle initial S, Plunkett, P-L-U-N-K-E-T-T, -T, dot com. And um, you'll, find, um, you'll find videos, you'll find podcasts. Um, there's information on the book there. Um, the new book there again, don't get, give up it, if it's selling. It seems to be selling well right now. But um, the old book, if you can contact me via my um, email, hopeforhurting at AOL.com, and you give me your information, I will make sure you get a copy of the old book. Or better yet, I'd happy, be happy to come and speak for your group and bring copies with me. And um, if I have a multitude of books, then I can discount those books as well. But um, probably, you know, the website, I would say, is the best way to reach me. And um, okay. And your emails on there, they can contact you through your email. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and that, sh that should probably be the best way I'm thinking. Um, I was giving my phone number out, but I've gotten so many phone calls and I Ooh. continue to get so many. And a lot of it is people trying to sell me things. I've published two books and they keep trying to sell me more publishing deals. Well, God oh, no. called me to write the second book so far. He hasn't called me to write another book yet, but. I have been barraged with phone calls. So yeah, I would just prefer you use my email or go on the website and get information from the website. That sounds great. And we'll definitely remember your son in prayer. As thank he's the you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So thank you again today. And thank you listeners for tuning in to this miraculous testimony and tune in next week for our next episode. Thank you, Pam. Thank you for joining us today on the 360 Network for Women and Real Heart Talk podcast. We're so happy you could join and hope you stay tuned for the next episode.